0: Success, it has been said, is not the absence of failure, but going from failure to failure without any loss of enthusiasm. This podcast was created to discuss the correlation between short-term failures and future success by those who have pushed themselves to become real powerhouses. Michael Jordan said, to learn to succeed, you must first learn to fail. And Mike Tyson said, discipline is doing what you hate to do, but nonetheless doing it like you love it. On this podcast, we celebrate those who were not afraid to fail by taking disciplined action on their path to success. My name is BJ Gramillion and I am the host of The Real Powerhouse Podcast. I am someone who is very familiar with failure and am fascinated by others' imperfect journey to success. Welcome to The Real Powerhouse Podcast. Welcome to the Real Powerhouse Podcast. I'm your host, BJ Gramillion, and today I have Brad Chandler with me. Um, Brad, I know him from our uh, group, the Collective Genius group that we are both a part of. Um, Brad, how long have you been with Collective Genius for? Uh, nine years. Really? Yeah. Nine years? So that means you're one of the, like, the original, right? Hasn't only been yeah. around for 10? Yeah, I'm one of the originals. There's probably wow.
1: like less than 10 of us now.
0: Holy smokes. I had no idea you've been in it for that long, nine years. Okay. Yeah. So I'm a rookie. So I've only been in there for now two years. Um, but I love the collective genius because I get to meet people like Brad. Um, and there's so many others, you know, like him, although everyone is unique in their own uh, way, something cool with Brad. Um, I knew you really, I, I remember, um, meeting you for the first time when I first joined the group and, uh, um, and, and really, it was all about real estate, and you know the typical conversations that you have with a lot of business owners that are, you know, doing what we do—fix and flip, wholesaling, all those things. And so, a lot of the conversations were around that. But um, recently, you've pivoted uh, quite a bit away from, you know, the focusing so much of your energy and time on real estate, and now it's gone into your coaching business. And so, maybe uh, if you don't mind, fill us in on on kind of what you're doing there, and what uh, what was the reason behind making that pivot, and that change?
1: Yeah, so I've dedicated the rest of my life to helping people end their suffering, whatever it is. If they drink too much, eat too much, they're in a relationship, they have depression, anxiety, um, just not living their good, you know, living their best life. I've uh, I went through a major life transformation in the last couple of years, and it all started trying to get my son help for anxiety which um, I was a cause of and his mother was a cause of. Um, so if you have kids with behavioral issues or problems and you want to know what the cause of them is, you may want to grab your spouse and go run in the bathroom and look right in the mirror because it's likely that you're a cause of, of kids the kids' behavioral problems. Behavioral problems, I don't like that word. Anxiety is not a behavioral problem. There's a better word for that. But, but behavioral problems, if your kids are acting out, there's only one reason kids act out. It's because they lack connection with an adult, with a a parent. So anyway, I got into that two and a half years ago. My life changed so profoundly, BJ, that I'm like, I have got to give this gift to other people. And these last two and a half years have been far and away the best two years of my life. I've changed in every area of my life. I don't drink anymore. I don't smoke weed anymore. I'm in the best shape of my life. Uh, In a good relationship, business is humming. I flipped 256 houses last year. I work an hour a week in that business. So life is just so beautiful
0: guys, you got to stop right there and rewind. Like what he just said is incredible. In fact, that's what stood out to me at our last event. And I was like, look, I got to get Brad on the podcast here because, uh, you just mentioned that you have flipped or wholesaled 256 homes, and yet you're only spending minimal time every week, an hour or two, uh, per week in that business. And so how
1: on earth are you able to do something like that? (sighs) So, I'm not a great systems guy. I'm a visionary. I'm not an integrator. I've got a great ideas and I'm not super great at implementing them. But from day yeah. one, I read a book 20 years ago called uh, E-Myth by Michael Gerber about the entrepreneurial myth. And it's all about when you start a business, you want to start it, whether you're going to open one or 5000, you want to open them like you're going to create the business and uh, start it like you're going to do 5000 stores. Right. So what does that mean? It means systematizing everything. So I've always been a big fan of systematizing everything. I never did a really good job of it. And then over the years, I've just hired good people. And there's been a, there has was a real, when I said everything changed, even the culture of my company changed because for 17 years, I was trying to use my business to prove my worth. And when I did the deep work to try to help my son, I realized that I did have unresolved traumas from childhood. And I stopped using the word trauma really, because people are like, well, I didn't have trauma let's use the word programming, but trauma can be as little as your, your, as benign as uh, your, your little sister coming home from the hospital from being born. And you think your parents love her more. That can be a trauma. So anyway, um, two and a half years ago, when I made this shift, one of the things I stopped doing is I, I, I woke up or three, three hours into this process when it was done. I'm like, what I'm free. Like I, there was nothing ever wrong with me. I don't need to prove anything anymore. So I shifted from making money, BJ, to making an impact in life. So all I want to do the rest of my life is make an impact. And when you can focus on impact and not making money for the sake of making yourself feel better, the money comes more than when you focused on the money. So that's all I'm focused on now. And my culture has changed. I'm not attracting people who are just about money, 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 money. I'm attracting people that want to make an impact. So we've got a, a great management team in place that runs the company without me. The only hour I spend in the company is just our, our weekly scrum where I get on a, a zoom call and, and just hear the numbers. Man, that's so great. Yeah. Have you, have you read the book, go giver, the go giver? I don't know if I, I know it intimately because I've heard so many people talk about it, but I don't know. I've read so I've read 45, 50 books in the last two and a half years. Um, Definitely didn't read it in the last two and a half years. I can't remember if I read it before that. Oh man.
0: Yeah. So it's just funny that, that popped in my head as you were saying that, because I think when, when you talk about how, when it stops becoming the focus, when you're stopped, you know, so concerned with the money and, and making that, it's so interesting that when you have your priorities in line and you're focused on helping other people and giving, you cannot help, but for every, it's like every minute that you give, you're getting, you know, in return 10 X. Right. And it doesn't make any sense. It's similar to, you know, like in our church, we, we pay tithing. Right. And so I think a lot of people have struggled with the idea of, Holy smokes, like 10% is a lot of money going out the door. And why would you ever do that? Because, you know, whatever, like for different reasons. And I understand that I it doesn't make sense. But every time that I pay my tithing for whatever reason, it keeps coming back, you know, tenfold. Um, and it's... I've heard that like, over and over and over again, by the way. Really? Well, and, and, it's, and- it's not like a, a new thing, right? It's not like, obviously, you know any of us are, are the first one to to think of that. And, and I've also heard, you know, like Warren Buffett and a lot of these other guys that, you know, have made it and have all this money and they're trying to give away all their wealth, but yet as they're doing that, they keep making more and more money. It's just, it's such a funny thing. So anyways, that just made me think about that as you were as you were sharing that. But I imagine going from, I I don't know how long it took you to be able to completely step out of the business and trust your people uh, to get to that point where really you only realize you need to be there for an hour. Did that take time to figure out or did you just make the decision, you had the right people in place and you're like, okay, sink or swim, I'm out. Like, how how did that work? I think it
1: was an evolution, I think it was an evolutionary process. I think um, a couple years ago, I started, I've always been good at delegating. So I've always pushed stuff off of my plate that I didn't want to do. So I wasn't doing a, a ton even before I was like, I was like a de facto, I've been the CEO and technically I'm still the CEO, although I don't do much. So um, I was like the de facto acquisition manager and then we promoted a guy to acquisition manager. So that took off my, came off my plate. I did marketing for years. I hired a director of marketing that came off my plate. So it just took a, it just, it, it was a while, but it was really over the last two years when I figured out that real estate was never my passion it was the money trying to prove myself and i love what i do so much now bj that um i wouldn't say i'm turned off by real estate but if i could spend an hour talking real estate or spend an hour talking about how we can improve your marriage or your kids behavioral you know whatever anxiety man nine times out of ten or ten times out of ten i'm gonna pick Let, let's go real deep on relationships and what's what's what your suffering is caused by
0: yeah, and it's it's contagious, right? And, and it's interesting. So in the Collective Genius, um, we have what are called hot seat presentations. And so basically what it is, is everyone gets, you know, 10 minutes or 15 minutes to present on whatever they choose about, you know, something that they are doing in their business that's working or, you know, just share different uh, experiences. And so um, Brad got up and, and he uh, presented to our group and um, at the end of the day, everyone gets to vote on, you know, who had the most impactful presentation that, that really helped them. And uh, I think overwhelmingly um, everyone chose Brad's presentation as like, you know, you, you win this belt. Right. And, and so it's just to recognize like, hey, um, everyone that was not able to attend should really go back and watch, you know, um, what took place. And so I was fortunate enough to obviously be in the room um, and hear a lot of what you said. And it's so cool because there's just this energy. It's it's fun to see people that have like found their purpose and it clicks and it's um, like, okay, this is it. This is where I need to be. Um, and that without question, obviously has happened in your life. And so it's such an inspiration. It's, it's cool to watch, but I wanted to see if maybe we could um, rewind a little bit um, and maybe share some uh, stories or experiences that have really, I guess, set you up for this uh, new coaching program and, and purpose that you have.
1: Yeah. Before I go there, I just wanted to briefly mention, oh, you mentioned Jason Rios from Vegas. He actually, I gave him my phone and he recorded that presentation. So if you're listening and you're like, man, I wish it was in that room. You can be in that room. It's on my YouTube channel. If, and I think there's a redirect. If you go to com forward slash YouTube, it'll take you to my YouTube channel. So, um, let Perfect. me know what you think, put, put some comments on yes, put me. that in the, in the notes. <laughs> Thing. Yeah. And, and if you, if you go, if you watch it and listen to, or watch it, leave me some comments on the, on the YouTube channel. That would be awesome. So it's your question, yes. your question, BJ was what stories or, or what has led me to this point? Um, yeah. Tell us so, about your background. Yeah. So I, um, I read a book when I was in ninth grade on how to buy real estate with no money down. And I knew I always wanted to do real estate. And I got my graduate degree in real estate and an in, uh, in, in, in MBA with a concentration in real estate in 2000. I came out and worked for a developer. And a neighbor bought my house in 2002, bought, excuse me, an investor bought my neighbor's house. And I went and talked to him and he says, I buy houses at 30% below market. And I was like, whoa, I don't remember anyone teaching me that. You can do that? And he was like, yeah. So I was like, this is what I'm going to do. So that was December of 2002. My son was born in July, 2002. So I'd work a full-time job for this developer. I'd come home at 6, stay with him till 8, put him to bed at 8, and then I'd work from like 8 to 11 every single night. And I did this over and over and over again, and I wasn't getting any deals. It took me eight months to get my first deal. And then in Mm -hmm. August and July of 2003, I bought six houses. And in October of 2003, I came home and told my wife at the time, I just quit. I'm starting express home buyers and she's like are you kidding me we just have a newborn and i've got two kids and ho- who we we gotta you know uh, we gotta pay for them somehow i was like it'll be fine and here we are four thousand houses later and our marriage didn't survive but it was fine <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty wild, though, because
0: I think a lot of people would have given up, you know, eight months is a long time, especially in this microwave economy that we're in and society. It's like, oh, man, it didn't work the first week. So I'm out, you know, Uh, like how how did you keep persevering through that? Like, that's, you
1: know, I uh, I would show up to these. They didn't have meetup at the time. They were called RIAs, Real Estate Investment Associations. And I would um, almost be pissed like these people were holding up these checks and tell me about all these, all the money they made. And I was just like, I guess I have a growth mindset. As much as I felt unworthy, I also had some confidence to believe that I could make money. And I think it was driven by you got to make money because that's the only way you're going to prove your worth. So I was just like, I, if they can do it, freaking I can do it. And I just got more and more you know, resolute each day and it ended up paying off. I mean, I didn't have a coach. Like if I had a good coach, I mean, maybe it would have been two or three months, but I I didn't, there weren't a whole lot of real estate coaches running around teaching in 2003 how to flip houses no yeah like we're in such a different world right
0: now because i i'm you got started obviously a lot uh sooner than i did i got started in 2008 um but yeah like i just remember you know talking to some of these investors and it was like pulling teeth to get them to tell you anything because it was like this secret right that they had all of this uh information they didn't want to share because then you would be their competitor and and it's interesting how things have have turned like with these masterminds and that were Again, the go giver mentality is like, look, the more you give, the more you're gonna get, and so it doesn't make sense to think that you have all the answers because you don't. You're just copying someone else you know that went before you and so um so anyway, but I do think that there's a lot to be said about what you did as far as going to these events. you kept showing up, you kept you know putting in the work until it eventually clicked. Did you say that you'd done four thousand deals yeah,
1: yeah four thousand deals yeah. That's crazy. So is that um like wholesale flips New both. I mean for up, up until from 2004 to 2017 we didn't know what wholesale or we did know what wholesaling was but we thought that was for the less sophisticated investor and the one to make five or 10 grand a house. So in 2017 we shifted all to wholesaling and didn't buy, I think we might've bought one house or maybe we didn't, I can't remember, but it was either zero houses or one house in 2017. And then we started looking in like 19 and 20, like, hey, we're, flip, we're, we're flipping these houses to a real estate investor and they're making like 80 or 90 grand. And we didn't have the volume, enough volume to be like, hey, we can give leave 80 grand on the table. So we started rehabbing. And so now we do a mix of probably 50, 60%, maybe 70% um, wholesale and the rest we do rehab.
0: Okay. Very cool, so Brad is obviously very very accomplished when it comes to real estate he knows what he's talking about um, clearly if you you can't just fall into doing four, thousand plus deals right uh, without knowing a thing or two so so that's cool but the other thing that I that I want to get into is obviously your passion now um, and and kind of I guess what um, brought about that change I know that you mentioned you know that a couple of years ago it clicked and you were like hey I want to change. Uh, this, but as you started on this journey of, I guess, self-discovery and and trying to figure out yourself and figure out the, the anxiety issues, I guess, that you had with uh, that your son had, um, what did you discover? And and uh, you know, what what are you now,
1: uh, I guess, sharing with with the world or whoever is able to listen. Yeah. The crazy thing is, you know, I, BJ, I wasn't out looking for help. Like if you, if we were having this podcast three years ago and you're like, Hey Brad, do you love yourself? I'd have been like, hell yeah. Brad, (laughs) do you have a lot of self-esteem? Hell yeah. Brad, do you care about what other people think? No way. All of those were, all of those were lies looking back. I did care what other people thought about me. I was afraid of being judged. I did not love myself and my self-esteem wasn't that high. I came off as being, you know, so A lot of people will go looking for help, and then there's a whole huge subset of people that are like, I don't need help, I'm good. But all you have to do is you have to to look at your past. And so I look at my past now, two two marriages that didn't work out, the use of weed, the use of alcohol to feel better in social settings. Um, I made five business mistakes that cost me $9 million. I mean, I could go on and on. I ate like shit sometimes. Wow. so, so what I did is I created, you know, again, if you'd asked me three years ago, self-love, I've been like, that's that's woo, that stuff is silly. You know, yeah, I love myself. So I yeah, created this yeah. quiz basically with me in mind that if I, three years ago, if I'd have heard this podcast and been like, I got my stuff together, my life together, I could have gone and taken this three-minute quiz, 12 questions. So it's at bradchandler.com forward slash quiz, and it will tell you kind of your level of self-esteem and self-love. Um, so... I wasn't looking for it. I was trying to help my son. And I talked to a performance coach and she's like, you may have some unresolved childhood trauma that's affecting your life and your son. Do you want to come and help, uh, Come and do a, a weekend with us at this retreat? And I said, of course, I'll do anything. I've tried everything with my son. I tried drugs. I tried therapists. I tried psychologists. Um, nothing worked. And so I went and talked with them and we basically went through this exercise where we looked at things from my childhood, scenes from my childhood where I felt i lacked control or had some type of stress or trauma and we figured out the stories that I told myself around those events. The trauma isn't the actual event, that's a traumatic event. The trauma is what you tell yourself and there's very few people I've met in life that didn't have some type of stressful event as a child where they wrapped a story around it, exactly what their brain should have done to be able to justify why that bad thing was happening to them, that gets put deeply in your subconscious brain. And if you don't do the work, that subconscious brain controls 95% of your behavior on a daily basis. So you're fighting with your wife, you're coming home, drinking three glasses of wine, your business is in chaos, you're overweight, you shop too much. I mean, it goes on and on and on. All of those are signs that uh, you lack this self-love based on something, based on that story that's buried deep inside you. So we basically found the story, reversed the story, and here I am like as free as ever, you, you, I found freedom. I used to think you found freedom in money. You don't find freedom in money. Ask all the people who were deceased who had more money they know what to do. And they took their own lives. You don't find freedom in money. You find freedom in one place. And that's through self-love and self-compassion. Wow. Okay. A lot to unpack there. How
0: did you, how long did it take for you to, to, I guess, unpack that and figure out, Oh, that's it. That that's what it was this whole time. What did that process look like
1: for you? How long did that take? Three freaking hours, BJ. I'd gone to three decades of counseling and therapy. I went to 50 plus different marriage counseling sessions. And in three hours of work, I got 100 times more than I did out of all those sessions over 30 years. Whoa. Whoa.
0: OK, so I think there's a lot of people out there that are going to say, OK, I've been doing this therapy thing. It has been working. I have family. I have friends that are, you know, on drugs, you know, for uh, depression, anxiety, like all these different things. And obviously it's an, uh it, it's crazy. Like it's it's prevalent, I would say. I don't know how what the, the statistics
1: are, but I 30 percent,
0: 30 percent of 30
1: percent of depression. Americans are on an antidepressant or an anti-anxiety drug. That is wow. insane. <laughs> that's so
0: crazy. So, yeah, I mean, like, how, how does that happen? How, how are you able to do it in three
1: hours? Like, that, that's crazy. Yeah, and the, the ironic thing is now in my practice, it's, it's between three to five hours when the people have this massive shift. It's because, BJ, every single problem in your life comes down to a thinking problem. Hmm. The thinking, the flawed thinking comes from those stories that wrap themselves around you when you go through those stressful events as a kid. Why does someone have d- d- depression or anxiety? No one is born with depression anxiety. Despite what some doctors say, there's plenty of doctors. And the, the real fact is you're not born with any of this stuff, any of it. It's all learned behavior through your, through your, through your childhood. So if you learned it, you can unlearn it. So if you got programmed, you can get unprogrammed. That's all we do is we go back, we, 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 through hypnosis, we access the subconscious mind that rules your behavior, that knows the source of all of your problems. We figure out what those, what those scenes were in your childhood. We figure out what the stories you told, and then we tell a different story. We tell the truth. You cannot suffer if you live in the truth. Most suffering in this world is self-inflicted by our thoughts. And those thoughts are untruths.
0: Hmm. Okay. So hypnosis, are you able to do that? In a virtual setting like this or do they have to be there in person like
1: how, how does that work i'm not no it's all it's, it's all virtual i mean since um COVID started I, i'm gonna take a guess i mean there's probably been tens of thousands if not hundreds of thousands of hypnosis sessions done and it works remarkably well it's it's it works great wow okay so you you have found that okay hypnosis
0: is where it starts that's where you got to figure out okay where's the Where's the pain points, you know, go back in your history. And I imagine you're asking them a bunch of questions to, to somehow unlock, because I, I would imagine the subconscious has got to be very guarded. It's, it's very good at its job of protecting itself. So how are you able to, I guess, break through that barrier and, and open up the door?
1: So hypnosis is just that. It, it, acts, it gives you access directly to the subconscious. And in a subconscious state, you, you aren't so guarded and you simply there's not a ton of questions you literally just say bj take me to a time a place an event that had all to do with why you have this anxiety or depression or alcoholism and then you count them down and i'm you know five count of five you're becoming younger lighter you're drifting back to a time a place an event that had all to do with this feeling of not being whatever it is whatever your issue is and then you start you say uh Uh, Were you inside or outside? How old were you? What was going on? Tell me about it. And then in that process, sure, you ask some questions. What were you feeling? What were you, what did that mean? Oh, I felt sad. Well, why did you feel sad? And, and, and if you weren't enough, what must that mean? Or my dad didn't show up to my soccer game? What must that mean about me? So I become a little bit of a detective to try to really pull out what were those feelings and meanings that they came up with based on that scene that their, their subconscious takes us back to. Some people, um, come up with stuff that they're like, I never thought of this before. Like i never remembered the scene. This is, this is, this is incredible. Wow.
0: Okay. So then you're, I assume taking notes or or recording it. And, uh, and then, you know, once you have, I get and and that session, is that session take the three hours that you're talking about, or is it multiple sessions that you add up to the three to five hours or how does that work?
1: Yeah, so uh, so there are are five weeks and and session one is an hour, session two is an hour, session three is the actual hypnosis and that's two hours. So between session, um, it's usually after, it's it's, it's really at the end of, I've actually had some huge breakthroughs in session one, literally after an hour, but it's usually after the third session, which is technically four hours total. Wow, okay. So
0: now uh, after that the, those sessions, right. You've, you've realized, okay, here's, here's what it was. Here's, you know, some of the answers, you know, that unlock the, the, the trauma that's been plaguing me for years and years. Uh, you, you figure that out. Then what, like, is it like a weekly process they got to,
1: you know, meet with you or, or how, how do they move forward with the rest of their life? So I make a recording at the end of the third session at the end of the hypnosis which is a recording basically about their new story. What's this perfect life they wanna, not perfect. What's this dream life they they wanna live without the monster in the room, right? And then we listen to that. They listen to that every night as they're going to sleep and their brain is an alpha wave state when it's, which is the most suggestible. Um, They just listen to it and literally through, it's called neuroplasticity. It's just a fancy way of saying your brain's natural ability to regrow new neural pathways in your brain. You literally change the beliefs in your subconscious. And then that next step is kind of what the presentation at CG was on. It's processing your emotions, right? Because at the end of the day, when you argue with your spouse, it has nothing to do with the actual argument. It has to do with that old programming where you're going back and pulling that up. So I teach people, um, we just started a group component, which will be a week uh, each week. People can stay in that for a month. They can stay in that forever. This is a lifelong journey. You can make, I'm holding up my hands now for those, I've got them about a foot apart. I felt like in the first month, I made this leap and now I've closed my hands to about an inch. The rest of my life, I'm going to spend closing this inch gap. But guess what? Living in this gap is amazing. Like every day, I haven't had a bad day in over a year. Like Mm -hmm. the only one who triggers me is my 15-year-old daughter. I have not been triggered and really pissed off. I can't even tell it eight, nine months, 12 months, something like that. So, through that daily emotional tracker that I talked about, um, you just, you can practice as much as you want, right? This is just like anything else in life. If you want to be a master and, and what's a master to me, when you've mastered this, my goal is that no person or no situation can negatively affect me or super positively affect me. And you're like, well, that doesn't sound right. Why wouldn't you want to be really positively affected by someone? I don't want my emotions to get super off the charts high based on something someone does, because in my mind it's creating attachment to that, and then if that goes away, am I gonna am I gonna go right back down? So when I think about my past, when my uh, second divorce happened, I went out and I dated a bunch of girls, and I uh, some of these women I was just like, oh, I was so excited about. Looking back, why did I get so excited? Because my subconscious was saying, this person might be able to fix your trauma. And the irony was, they were very similar to the people who created my trauma. That's what our subconscious brain does, because they want to keep us in the familiar. So that's how you, that, that, if, you, if you talk about how to master life, in my opinion, it's to love yourself and get to a point where no one can negatively or positively affect you. And let's just say negatively affect you, because I think more people resonate with that. Can you imagine living a life like that, BJ? I, when I heard this for the first time, the the gentleman who took me through uh, my transformation, he told me this. I looked at him like he was crazy. Now, two and a half years later, I'm way more closer to what he said. And I'm like, this is possible. Like, this is possible. And it's possible for everybody. Wow.
0: Now, okay. Have you come across people that, let's just say that there are some let's say chemical imbalances in their brain and they do need the help of medication in I guess it as well as you know this therapy or do you feel like people really could overcome and not have the the need for drugs I guess to to help with that imbalance
1: like what 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 are your thoughts on that so I personally haven't taken on a case that that was that was so extreme that I couldn't get through to them Through the thousands of hours that I've studied and studied under some of the best in this business, I am a believer that medication is good for certain people who are in such a bad place that they can't even be open to the thought of change. But in general, for most of the population, I think that drugs are a complete waste of time. If you look at, read Tony Robbins' book, Paxil, the most given antidepressant in the last 100 years probably, it's got the same effectiveness as a placebo, If you want to read an amazing book by Joe Dispenza, it's called "The Placebo Effect." Our mind can literally create, recreate any, um, uh, uh, any like anything that a drug could could give you. Your your human mind could do it. So, um, I think a lot of Western medicine is really great at diagnosing, labeling, and then giving drugs. And drugs, the only way that you solve truly solve physical or emotional pain is to go to the source of it. So you have a back, you have a back pain, you go to a doctor and they are like, they want to fuse your back or they want to, you know, basically do surgery on your back. Well, if they don't figure out why your back was crooked in the first place, guess what? Six months later, you're gonna be back on the operating table. It's the same thing with mental. You gotta to go to the source. So we go to the source, we go to the subconscious brain and say, hey, what was the cause of this? Cause we know you weren't born with this. Huh. Man, that's it's so- crazy. It's like, it's like, uh, why don't you hear this more? guess what? There's not a lot of money in it. Like there's, I'm not, I'm not prescribing any drugs. I'm not trying to get you to come back to me every week for the next 10 years. No, I want to give you the tools so that you become your own coach and therapist. Wow. That's so cool. Now I, I've, um,
0: have you ever heard of the miracle morning? Um, Okay, so he has this philosophy, and I'm curious if it's similar to yours, where because uh, he went through a lot of different struggles in life, big things. He had a car accident when he was young, and, and it totally threw his world for a loop. And then he also had um, cancer and some other things. And so um, his thing was hey, I just, um, I will not allow anything to bother. Like, I will allow something uh, negative, like, I'll, I'll process it, but I will not give it place in my brain for longer than I think he said, like five minutes, you know, and that's like tops for him. And then after that he moves on and he's like, okay, it's behind me, move on, forget about it. So is that similar to how you approach things? Cause I know you, you said, Hey, look, I haven't had a bad day. So what does that mean for you? And is it similar, I guess, to, to that where, you know, obviously bad things still happen to you. So how are you able to
1: adapt and, and adjust? So I like nothing like negative. There's no space in my life for negative. I stopped watching the news two years ago. I went to look at the forecast the other day and the top story was the worst child abuse that this judge had seen in his 25 years on the bench. And I immediately turned it off. I'm like, this is why I don't watch the news. Mm -hmm. So I don't hang around with negative people. If I'm out and people are talking negative, like I just extract myself from the situation. So I don't, I don't clog my brain with, with negative stuff at all. Mm -hmm. Um, you asked, I was going to tell a good follow-up and I completely lost my train of thought. Um, oh, bad things. You were like, you, yeah. you said yeah. bad things still happen to you. Well, mm-hmm. BJ, how do you know if something's bad? My second wife in the middle of COVID woke up one morning and said, I'm done. And huh. uh, seven days later, put up a moving truck and pulled herself out and left. I thought it was terrible. Looking back, it was one of the better things that's ever happened to me because it allowed me to go through this process of change, become closer to my kids, make this huge life transformation. So nothing bad happens to me because how do you know it's bad? Well, let's say I go down right now to get in my car to go home for the evening and my tire's flat. Is that bad? What if I, it wasn't flat and I turned onto the main road and a tractor trailer hit me? Hmm. So I don't see as anything as bad anymore. I just see as I just let the universe happen. And I always say this is happening for me. And life is always happening for us. Wow. That's so and, cool, if, yeah. and, and by the way, guys, you get to live the same exact life. You get to choose every day. Are you going to wake up and have a good day or is today a bad day? You can choose never to have a bad day as long as you live as well. Now, someone might say, well, what if your daughter dies? Is that a bad day? It's not a good day, but... <laughs> If you're a believer in God in the afterlife, like maybe her story was written in such a way that that's what was supposed to happen. I mean, that's it's it's deep stuff, but that's how I chose to choose to live my life. That there's there is nothing bad. It's just it just is. There's no good or bad. It just is. I let the universe do do its thing. Wow. I love that you've arrived to
0: that, that place. And I'm sure there's so many listening right now that are wishing that they could figure out a way to get there. And so this is why I love bringing people like you on, because we don't have to suffer, you know, like the, there's, there are resources out there. There are people that are out there ready and willing with the knowledge to help us hopefully get through some of those, you know, rough patches that that all of us go through. Um, and and it, it's funny, as, as you're talking, Brad, I, I think about uh you know one of the questions that i ask everyone and and we'll get to this with you i'm going to go ahead and answer uh the way i would you know uh, beforehand but i always ask people what was the the biggest growth year uh for them and and so for me i always go back to 2022 uh because as you know in real estate you know we went through a, a pretty heavy recession i know that the rest of the economy didn't necessarily go through a recession similar to how ours was but for me it was pretty it was pretty massive um it was a big disruptor it it uh, a lot of things changed in our business and so um anyways i spent a long time in fact i look back at our summer last year and What an unfortunate waste of time that I gave so much of my energy and frustration to what was happening at the time to me, right? Like I was like, you know, why is this happening? And this is so frustrating, this is so horrible. I don't deserve this and all this kind of stuff. Um, And I wasted a lot of good time with my family just in that mental space of just constantly thinking about myself. Um, and so I I love talking to, I think the biggest thing that a lot of us need to recognize and do in our life, if we haven't already is you got to look at the people surrounding you and what you just said about like, you're feeding your brain, uh, good things and not constantly giving it crap, you know, from the news and, and from other people, that's a big deal. And, and I don't know if we, I guess realize that enough. And, and so I, for me, at least it was like, Hey, uh, you probably need to focus a little bit more on, you know, like who you're surrounding yourself with. Um, are they positive influences and those kind of things? Not that I had anyone necessarily negative, but there was room for improvement. And, and so that was a big growth year for me. And I look back on that. I'm like, that was the best and that could have ever happened to me. And I imagine that was similar to how you were with your wife in that scenario where I'm, I'm sure that you were like, what the heck, you know? And, uh, it, is that right around the time by the way that you that it clicked for you that w- when you decided to you know go down this road?
1: uh so that was um that was April of twenty twenty and i uh had my intensive or my transformation in february of twenty twenty one okay so it's a number of number of months later okay, so cool man this was great uh and I knew it would be I had
0: no doubt um you would bring the heat so Appreciate all the insight. Um, so I, I do want to actually, yeah, like I'll always end the podcast with three questions. Um, and we'll just go ahead, you know, first of all, uh, with the one that I've already answered. But yeah, what was, what was
1: uh, I guess, your biggest growth year? And I think you just alluded to it, but maybe explain a little bit more into it. Yeah, 2021. I, I, I say I was literally and figuratively born again and not in a religious sense, um, in a spiritual. And I, I am a different human being on every single level of my life. And my life has never been better, um, and I cannot wait to see what the future holds, because I found something I didn't know what my passion and purpose was for 47 years. I got into real estate and I was just like, "Ah, okay, I'm making money, I lose a lot of money like mm-hmm. uh, And the reason is is because I was in fight or flight, I was stuck in this childhood programming, and as soon as I killed that proverbial lion that was chasing me, I was able to look around and be like, "Oh, this is why God put me here on this planet." so I am free, I'm doing exactly what I want to do, and I know that for the rest of my life, I'm going to live to be 110, I'm manifesting that, and I eat and I exercise all the time, so 110, here we come, Mm -hmm. and for the next 60 years, all I'm going to do is try to make the biggest impact I can on this earth, I wake up every day just like, this is freaking awesome. Man, that's awesome. Cool. And you can do the same, whoever's listening, you can do the same. Absolutely.
0: And, and, and I will attest to it, because I've known, you know, Brad, you know, for the last two, two and a half years. Um, and, and I really have, and, and I'm not the only one, obviously, I think everyone that's in Collective Genius will say the same thing. Like he's a different, he's a different cat than what he was, you know, prior to this. And so, um, yeah, I mean, clearly, it's possible It'll work for you, right? And, and uh, any of us can do the same. So thank you for sharing that. Okay, um, yeah, what was, uh, what's, you read a lot of books. And so I'm curious to hear this answer. But um, of all the books that you've read in the last year and podcast,
1: what is one or two that uh, have really impacted you? Uh, So I'm going to go on the spiritual side, not the business. Um, I can throw out a business. I'll throw out three. The Way to Love by Anthony DeMello is the top book I've read out of the last 45 or 50. Um, And then second to that is Radical Acceptance by Tara Brock, T-A-R-A. And then for business books, um, Ray Dahlia Principles is pretty amazing.
0: (laughs) Love it. Yeah, I've
1: I've obviously read
0: Ray's book, but I've not uh, heard those other two. And so I want to look into that. So awesome. Um, Okay. What was uh, the the third question is... um, if you were able to go back, and again, I think I, I probably know uh, the answer to this, but interested to hear your take on it. If, if you were to go back, um, you know, 10 years um, uh, prior, knowing what you know now, uh, what is maybe one or two big pieces of advice that you would give yourself
1: uh, knowing now what you know? Yeah. I mean, it's so um, emphatically, it's, it's, it's go look at your First of all, look at your results in life. Are you in a deeply connected, committed relationship? Um, do you have self-destructive behaviors? Do you Are you constantly triggered or in a negative state? Or do you, do you, do you always have to be right? Do you have vices, different addictions? Um, and if you do, something isn't right and it's not your fault. So go back and look at the programming that, that you had as a child and just turn that programming around. Tell yourself a different story. Learn to love yourself and have compassion for yourself. If you talk negatively to yourself, you're not serving anyone. You're not serving yourself. You're not serving your, your spouse or your partner. You're not serving your kids. So treat yourself like the amazing human being you are. Love yourself like a best friend. Um, that's it. Man
0: that that's so good it, it's such good advice and and it was funny. I remember at the event we had our keynote speaker and he asked everyone to tell it was uh, about story brands and and he asked everyone to uh, you know uh, tell their neighbor a story uh, an impactful story that they had and so you know we went to the exercise, one gave the story then the next one did and he asked everyone, okay who do you think gave a great story uh, or or which which of you feel that you you uh, you know had a great story to tell?" Nobody's hands went up except for like two or three. Then they asked, Now, how many of you felt that, you know, the other person had a great story to tell? Then pretty much everyone's hand went up, right? And he's like, Isn't it funny how hard we are on ourselves? Like, we don't give ourselves credit at all. You know, we, we don't think that we're worth anything, but, and, and we're such hard critics. And yet, you know, uh, we don't need to be that way. And um, I was just telling my wife that this morning. I was like, I just think that man, I am really, really hard on myself sometimes. And I just see so many different weaknesses that frustrate me. And sometimes it it can get overwhelming, you know? Um, and, And I guess to end, like, what would be, I guess, some advice for people that get stuck in that negative
1: thinking? Like, is there like a trick that helps with that? Yeah, before I answer that, I'm going to tell you that if you're a parent, and you're stuck in those. There's zero chance that you're not negatively affecting your children. Yeah. So if you won't go do the work for yourself, your children didn't ask to be brought in this world. You brought them in here. And so do the work for them. The greatest gift you can ever give your ch- children is to break this multi-generational curse that most of us have evolved in. And how do you do that? You do that by teaching them uh, how to love themselves unconditionally. Well, how do you teach someone how to do something? You show them. You show them by loving yourself unconditionally. So I would say that, um, you know, it's on the tracker that that I talked about that that bradchandler.com forward slash tracker. It's right at the top is you pause, you take a deep breath and you, Ask yourself, what is the emotion that you're feeling? I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling down, whatever it is. And then give yourself compassion for that emotion and say, you know, BJ, because it's, it's the six-year-old boy in you that's, that's feeling that way. So if your six-year-old self walked up to you, what would you do? Would you would you say, you're an idiot, get out of here? No, you'd pick him up. You'd hug, hold him and you'd say, you're not dumb. You're or, It's going to be okay. I've got you. And then you try to figure out where it came from. And it's always going to go back to something in your childhood where someone made you feel a certain way. And it's not your fault. And that's how you break. Because what happens is you have a thought that creates an emotion that creates a behavior and action. And that behavior or action often reinforces the original crappy thought. And then you just stuck stick, stick in, this, in this loop, this like downward spiral loop. If you do what I just said, uh, with the, that's written at the top of the tracker, um, you break that loop. You, you literally cut it and you can short circuit it. And the more you do it the more you're like, well, I don't need to feel this or your trigger goes from three days to, to, to three hours to three minutes to three seconds. So I'm like the, the three seconds now, I quickly process. What am I feeling? I'm feeling sad, it's okay. Why am I feeling this way? My dad made me feel this way, but my dad's not even here. I'm not a kid, do I need to feel this way? Nope, I'm right back to my joyous state and I'm done. Wow, so you're not spending five minutes, you're spending like five seconds. Seconds, you're, seconds. Able, but it obviously took
0: time to, train yeah. yourself to okay. figure that out. And guys, I, I think that that's and I love that that's how how the podcast will end is 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 on that note, because I, I feel like that's a universal problem. I don't think that uh, and it doesn't matter what nationality you are, gender, whatever. I, I think that everyone clearly struggles with it. And it was evident at our collective genius event when he did ask that question, because none of us think that we're worthy or that we're interesting or that we're fun or whatever, you know, but we think others are, right? And and so to your point, I think it's so important. And, and it's not just important. It's critical because, look, we're raising this next generation. And if you can't fix yourself and figure yourself out, it's only going to impact the next one and the next one. And so being able to break that cycle. And now I get the vision of why this is so impactful and important for you because uh, it is. I'm sure it's, it's got to be addicting and in a good way, like exciting to help people like click right i mean just to kind of figure out like oh it
1: doesn't have to be miserable like it actually can be good you know i don't know it, it's incredibly i mean i've never done anything more more purposeful and, and fulfilling in my life it, it is absolutely amazing so if you have kids do yourself a favor go take my quiz right now com forward slash quiz and if you score lack of self-love or mild self-love i promise you you're affecting your kids so uh, do it for them. Awesome.
0: Well, he just, uh, yeah, told everyone where to go. So normally I'll ask people, yeah, where can they find you? And I think that uh, that's very evident. We'll also put it in the show notes. We'll share it on social media um, and just make sure that, and hopefully, yeah, hopefully someone listening right now is impacted enough to, to take that step and go on his side and and uh, put in the work, you know, to, to improve their life. And And like you said, it could be as short as three to five hours. Um, that can completely impact and turn your life around. So you, you've uh, you've sold me on that. Uh, that sounds much better than every week going into counseling and taking drugs. So, I mean, it's worth a shot, right? I mean, what you, you don't have a whole lot to lose if, if you're in a miserable state of mind. Like, why not, you know, try that out. So anyways, this has been awesome, Brad. I appreciate you coming on. Um, any last words of wisdom or anything else you want to, I guess, mention before we
1: wrap this up? I mean, life is supposed to be joyous. It's supposed to be filled with love and joy, despite what you think. um, It is supposed to be filled with love and joy. And if you're not there and you think I'll never get there, it's just a lie you're telling yourself. And the reason you're there is because the lies you tell yourself, that got you there, right? Um, You don't have to suffer. You don't have to suffer another day, another week, another year. Uh, Life is really freaking short. And it should be beautiful and full of joy. It should be it, You should have a deeply connected, committed relationship um, with someone. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's all possible. It's all possible. If I can do it, you can do it too.
0: Awesome. Well, everyone, thanks for listening to The Real Powerhouse Podcast. Again, this is Brad Chandler. Thank you. That was awesome. Have you wanted to get into real estate investing, but were not sure where to start? We are launching our seven-week investor bootcamp starting in July of 2023 that will provide you with the meat and potatoes of how to begin or scale your real estate portfolio. You will learn about how to find deals, underwrite, value, remodel, and finance properties, along with learning all of the exit strategies that will help you to maximize your return all while keeping your day job and investing on the side first 10 people to register will get in. Look forward to working with you. Thank you for making us a part of your day. I hope you feel more inspired to push through your short-term failures as you work on becoming a true powerhouse. If you enjoyed listening to the show and feel others would benefit from listening as well, please take a couple of minutes to rate and review the show and make sure to share the link with others. See you next week.